All right, my peoples, this is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. This is the place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. I had a birthday Monday, so I'm feeling really good. I want to take another opportunity to thank everybody who wished me a happy birthday. Uh, we're going to get right into it with all the word, uh, starting with the word on the street today. Not a whole lot to get into today. Not an in-depth episode. Uh, just a brief rundown of what's going on in the political world. Uh, at least what's going on with Trump and China and those trade talks. And then I'm going to get into some of that NFL uh, carousel. We're going to go, we're going to Get through that, and then also uh, I'm gonna match up these uh, playoffs, go through the divisional round. Uh, then every, then we're gonna wrap everything up with some college hoops and some NBA. So as you can see, not too, not too long of a show. Uh, we're not gonna pull any teeth here, but let's get right into it. Like I said, with the world on the street, and uh, between uh, January 7th, that being Monday, my birthday, and as of the 9th, uh, Chinese and U.S. officials have been have been meeting in Beijing to discuss trade. This is all positive signs, of course. I've reported that they are looking to, I would say, at least have a ceasefire at some point this year. Um, I don't know exactly when, but I've already reported on that. They've already had meetings. Uh, they met at the G20 in Argentina a couple months ago, maybe even a month ago, uh, to discuss some things. And um, they seem to be coming around. Uh, there's, Like I said, there's no guaranteed timetable on when that's going to all come to fruition uh but at the same time like i'm saying they are at least coming together and they're working uh but this is coming from government spokesperson uh, lu kang no not from motor combat no he's a government spokesperson for china but anyways he goes on to say china is sincere about properly resolving trade frictions on the basis of mutual respect equality and mutual benefit so i think that's a good way to start uh, I think that's a good quote to even look at because I think what you're seeing is if you look at just that quote from you know from what you're saying here uh seeing here from Mr. King that there's possibly at some point in our history with dealing with China there has been some inequalities there has been some lack of mutual respect and that might not be necessarily with Trump that could be with the under Obama's administration although that wasn't necessarily talked about I've never really heard it be talked about uh but it could have been under Bush Clinton so on and so forth it could have just been you know various points throughout their dealings with each other and they finally want to come to the table and I think a lot of these emerging countries in the world, maybe, you know, pop, you know, in India as well, uh, those are emerging economies that are eventually going to want to be taken seriously and not going to want to be given the shaft just by the U.S. on the sake of where the U.S. were the dominant market, so, so on and so forth. Uh, so I think there's... Uh, there's legit arguments to both sides. Of course, uh, the Americans, uh, they want to loosen market restrictions in China, so on and so forth. They want to be able to sell more products. And China has agreed to, therefore, buy more more products. So for now, it's looking like it's something's going to come uh, down the pike, which is positive. I'll give Trump that. However, the government is still shut down, so I can't give him a full point. For today, I'll give him a half point, Okay. Is that the best? Is that I mean, that's the best I can do for you guys. OK, this was like a sack. We're talking sack stats. This would be like a half a sack. OK, he didn't get the full sack. He just he helped out. He just, you know, OK, you got to do the whole complete job. You know, there's federal employees not getting paid. And we're like three weeks into this. TSA agents are calling out sick left and right because they're not getting paid. They're not going to be working. Well, they're working without pay. So just just let y'all know. Those two things are still going on, all right?
Uh, well, we're going to get right into it. I'm not going to take a, any real breaks right now. Like I said, I'm going to kind of breeze through this. Uh, let's get right into this NFL carousel. Uh, we had a lot of movement going on yesterday in the past couple of uh, couple of days. So we're going to go through those uh those transactions so i guess you can call them that at least we're going to go through those um those those changes real quick for the amazon fulfillment team oh excuse me i mean ups no 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 federal express federal express Nah, i'm joking i'm joking no, no i'm joking the green bay packers of course they made a they made a new coach hiring they got matt lafleur former qu quarterbacks coach from washington atlanta and former offensive coordinator out of tennessee and uh the los angeles Rams. so he worked with uh McVay, Sean McVay out there with the Rams. He also worked with Marcus Mariota uh, as an offensive coordinator. I think it's a good hire. Of course, everybody wants to go uh, with the offensive-minded uh, coach trend. Uh, the younger guy, he's about 36, quote-unquote, you know, younger guy. I'm not saying 36 is old, but, uh, I mean, I, if you're saying young, I'm, I'm looking at somebody late 20s, possibly, early, you know, early 30s, but, you know, nobody's that young being, you know, you know, hired as a head coach. So, you know, these are, these are, you know, adults. These are grown men. I don't know what, what the word is young. I don't know why we keep throwing that word young. These are grown men. Uh, but anyways, uh, not too much, at least on my end, is known about this guy. I can just, the only thing I know is basically how every team he pretty much coached that turned out. Uh, Washington, of course, in terms of him being a quarterback coach, he pretty much helped develop RG3, and he helped develop, uh, develop Kirk Cousins. So there you go. And then you go off to Atlanta. He was responsible for, you know, developing Matt Ryan to a certain extent under uh, Kyle Shanahan. So they did some, you know, some good things there. I know they had a deep playoff, a couple deep playoff runs there, according, of course, including the Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. I uh, don't know if he was there at the time, though. Uh, but at his time in L.A., uh, L.A. has developed into the powerhouse it is now. Uh, of course, you know, again, Especially with Tennessee, with the way Tennessee finished this year, I'm I'm a little bit iffy on this guy. Of course, uh, there was a lot of there's a lot of speculation about who the coach could have been. This Matt Lafleur guy, I I don't know if I can buy it just yet. I got to see him go through a regular season and just kind of see him get his bearings and being you know in control of a team and not just a position coach and a coordinator because uh, a lot of these guys. Jack Del Rio, to you know, just throw out an example, are really glorified positional coaches, uh, maybe not even you know coordinators per se sometimes, and they just happen to look up into head coaching gigs and they end up not being that great. So uh, good luck to him. I don't know how he works well with you know Aaron Rodgers. Of course, he has a quarterback expertise, but then. Think about what he's produced. I already said he produced uh, Kirk Cousins, RG3. That's some of the names he's worked with, you know, Marcus Mariota. Think about that offense there at Tennessee and kind of what they've been able to do to all my football heads at least. Uh, but moving on, we're going to go to Arizona, and this is the most controversial one of the day or, you know, of the week. I'm not a fan of this one, even myself, uh, but for the Arizona Cardinals, of course, I reported that they let go of Steve Wilkes after one season, they went three and 13. Uh, that was their worst season since 1988 when they moved from St. Louis. Uh, so they decided to move on and get Cliff Kingsbury. Now, for those of you who are not uh, in the know about this man here, he was an offensive coordinator at Houston, uh, developed the quarterback that we see today in Case Keenum, solid middle-of-the-road quarterback there. Uh, he also worked at uh, 
Texas Tech, where he helped develop Patrick Mahomes. Uh, also, I believe another quarterback, Jadavius Webb. Uh, again, Mahomes is solid. Webb, I'm not too sure about. Uh, of course, Case Keenum, you know, he's a he's a steals a starter. So we'll give you that. Uh, now, as a head coach at Texas Tech, and this is this is a funny fact, uh, and this is coming from a team that does not necessarily. Uh, it's not necessarily on the national scene always. When I, what I mean by that, they don't always finish in the top 25 nationally. Uh, they're not necessarily a team that you, you know, would consider to be a powerhouse. Uh, they won, uh, they won conference titles, but not numerous. Uh, but with that being said, just give me a little background, a little bit on that program. He's the only coach uh, to have a losing record uh, throughout his tenure. Uh, meaning not even have a winning record. He finished with a record, I believe, of, uh, I know he only won 16 conference wins in about three to four years. Uh, overall, it was about 35, 34 wins. Uh, no real ball appearances. I think maybe one one ball game, nothing uh, on the national scale, maybe between the, you know, between 10. If he was ranked, he was never ranked in the top five or top 10. Um, now, offensively, uh, he was always, you know, top 15 or top five whatever but again he that did not lead to wins especially in a conference like the big 12 where that's what everybody does so that's significant to me he's he's one of the top offenses in an offense in a in an offensive driven conference but can't win games especially when the era when texas was down texas was down for at least a couple years texas is now getting their stuff together but Texas, a really strong powerhouse, was down for a few years. They weren't able to take advantage of that. Uh, Oklahoma, they were in flux with different coaches for a period of time. He was not able to take advantage of that. So for a while, the Big 12 was wide open. And uh, again, he's one of the only coaches in that in the history of that program. And they've had some mediocre coaches, I'll tell you that. But looking at it, uh, looking at them for now, you know, if you look at their overall record and, you know, uh, wins and losses, but he himself has been, well, by historical stats, the worst coach uh, at that school. So I'm not buying it. Uh, I would have given Steve Wilkes at least another year to work with that rookie quarterback. Of course, again, everybody wants to hop on the hype train. Let's get an offensive-minded quarterback to work with a, uh, I'm sorry, offensive-minded coach to work with our, our young emerging quarterback. There you go. I'm not a fan of it. I, if they were going to hire somebody else, uh, definitely look for somebody in the league. Uh, Bruce Arians was available. Uh, There's a couple other names out there. So for them to oversee everybody, well, not oversee, but then to overlook everyone else uh, with some type of credibility and some experience to get somebody who below average i i do not like i i do not like uh but moving on we got the new york jets they hired adam gates uh adam gates excuse me uh he was a former head coach for the miami dolphins so they picked up a divisional rival coach good job jets whatever he intends to work with sam donald okay yeah moving on 
finally, we got Cle uh, Cleveland picking up, well, actually not picking up, but promoting their offensive coordinator, uh, coordinator Freddie Kitchens. Uh, fun fact, I remember he, I'm, a, I'm a really big college football fan, and I'll take the time to look at some ESPN Classic from uh, now and then. And this is funny because Freddie, Freddie Kitchens goes way back, at least for me, because one of those days that I happened to catch an ESPN Classic, ESPN Classic game, uh, he was the quarterback out there back in Alabama. I think it was like 91, 92. And this was back when they weren't that raw yet. Uh, but apparently uh, in that game, I remember he was going back and forth with Peyton Manning right when uh, Peyton Manning was uh, – so it was 92. It had to be like 97, 98, something like that. Uh, but he went back and forth uh, with Peyton Manning at the height of his college uh, college football power. That was an interesting game, and it – I remember jogging, jogging my memory back when I first heard of the name. So, I mean, he definitely is a quarterback. Uh, he has quarterback experience, um, a varying degree of success, uh, especially on the college level. Uh, he, Like I said, he did compete with uh, Peyton Manning. I do not remember who won that game. I can't remember if Alabama was able to win by upset or if uh, – Peyton was able to eke it out, but it it was a it was a quarter it was a unique quarterback battle because Freddie Kitchens was not your your typical quarterback. So, uh, but he is, but he works well with uh, your boy Baker Mayfield. So they got that going for him. He, he's definitely been there for a couple of years in that team in that system. So it's not like they're going to be going through anything drastically new. So you got to give him that. And uh, definitely the fact that he has a good rapport with the quarterback that you already have. He's young. But the quarterback you have is young. Good job. I thought it was, I thought if, if anything, it was a smart move. I could also been okay with them going along with uh, Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator as well, because that, def that defense has been, look been looking really solid this year and the past couple seasons as well. Miles Garrett is a talent there too. So overall, uh, Again, just to run through it again, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm iffy on the Matt Lafleur pick. I'll have to wait for that to, you know, to play itself out. Cliff, uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I'm sorry, over in Arizona, he's out of here in a couple seasons. I'm sorry, he's not going to be the man to save you guys. I'll say it here first. As for the Jets, divisional rival, I guess. Thumbs up. He's a quarterback guy. Okay, you followed the trend. Finally, with Cleveland, I actually think they hit the nail on the head with this one again they could have also went with their defensive coordinator uh, but they're getting somebody who definitely gets along with their quarterback definitely has been involved with that offense and has made it has made that part uh well at least been developing it uh they're not great yet offensively but he's developing it and part of having that good uh connection and part of having good luck or you know good time transitioning to making an offense is having a good connection with that quarterback which he does have uh but moving on uh let's get into these divisional playoffs uh of course uh, we're going to start off with saturday's action uh, we got the, the colts and the chiefs uh they got the early game this is going to be an interesting one now i know i feel like it's going to be a barn burner and i know the popular pick might be kansas city may may not be uh but that Chiefs defense is very suspect. Well, we already know it's trash. Let's just outright say it. Now, with a trash defense comes an offense with Indy who we know is balanced, that can run the ball and, and pass the ball efficiently. So I could see Kansas City scoring a lot of points 
I really don't see them winning this game. And this is probably one of the easier picks, believe it or not, that I do have. Uh, because as far as the Chargers and the Patriots are concerned, well, actually, I can, I can kind of see the Chargers winning that one, too. Again, this is not, you know, the pay, this is not your older brother's Patriots. This is not my Patriots of 2001, 2002 that killed my Raiders and killed my dreams and had me mad for like two or three weeks. I had to take a break off football for a couple of years to get into basketball because the Patriots made me not want to look at it. But anyway, they're not those same Patriots. I think the Chargers have a solid chance. They'll have to win on the road, but if there's anybody who can do it, It'll have to be for the Rivers. We've seen him a long time ago. He had his coming of age game. I wouldn't say a coming of age game in New England, but uh, we we uh, in that playoff game it was a loss. But we we were solidified with who the leader of that team was. Uh, there was a lot of hype about Damian Thompson, of course, but he ended up sitting out uh, for what it's worth. Uh, Rivers did not put up the best of numbers in that game, but he still uh, fought through it. He proved to be a warrior, so he's not going to back down. And he just so happens to have a good, solid team around him, better than that team. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that Melvin Gordon is a better running back than LaDamian Thomason, uh, but he's healthy for this game. And you need that on the road. Uh, you're going to be able to need that to run that ball, you know, move the pile, uh, move the sticks, as they, as they would say, keep the clock turning, keep Tom Brady and his good luck having ass off the field. You got to do it. Uh, you got to make uh, Bill, Bill Belichick think, make him go deep. Uh, we uh, make him go deep into his playbook. We know he's older. We know he's he's not where he might be defensively in terms of his, well, not necessarily in terms of his acumen, but we, we can see where he can be beat now. Uh, so we've seen it throughout the season. The question is, uh, can the Chargers control the football, meaning, no turnovers, no interceptions, and defensively, it would not. It would help them. It would behoove them to force turnovers as well. I like the Chargers in that game too. Uh, moving on to the NFC, uh, those divisional matchups, we got the Cowboys and the Rams. Now this one is push to me. Uh, there's a, there's a case for both teams. Uh, again, the Cowboys have made me somewhat of a believer. Well, they they made me uh, believe in their ability to fight for another week. I, they gotta win another one for me to be a little to be even more solidified with them. Uh, but I, they can run the ball, they can pass the ball to an extent, and I like balance, so I gotta give them that. They can score touchdowns. Todd Gurley uh, for the Rams, he's looking to run the ball as well. Again, we have healthy uh, football uh, players, which is good. You're gonna have all your stars ready to play uh, just about for LA. The question is with LA, can they bring the star talent together as a team? Uh, um, we we haven't seen it in the latter part of the season. They dropped a couple games that they shouldn't have. Uh, so the question for them is, can they be uh, motivated enough for this one? They're going to be in Hollywood. I heard it's going to rain. It never rains in Southern California, but we're going to see what the Rams can do regardless. And we're and this will just establish, this is the weekend that we establish who the best team in L.A. is. Now, if they both end up losing, then L.A. is not a good sports city. I told y'all from the get-go. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to bag them like that. But this is an important week for L.A. football. Uh, moving on to the Eagles-Saints matchup. This one here, I think it's a little ooh, it's a little cut and dry for me as well. Uh, the Saints have been playing really lights out defensively the last few weeks. 
They've been underrated. Nobody's been talking about them. Uh, of course, you have the Drew Brees factor. They have the two-headed running back, Beast. Alvin Kamara, of course, and Melvin Ingram. They're looking to do damage. Uh, for the Eagles, of course, they have some defensive players, but I don't think it's coming together in terms of either the eye test or the stats. Uh, so with that being said, um, I, I, I'm going to give the Eagles the slight – I'm sorry. I'm going to give the Saints the slight edge here. I don't, mm, but you have the Nick Foles, you have the Nick Foles uh, package, you have, you know, the possibility that he could pull something off, but again, that game against Chicago was ugly, and they weren't playing against a seasoned quarterback. Uh, of course, a lot of that offense went through. Of course, you know, like it always does, is like I've been saying this whole year for Chicago, they're going to rise and fall on the development of Mitch Trubisky. He did not come through for them, so therefore they did not win that football game. I don't see Drew Brees letting his team down in the dome. I do not see it happening. Uh, but, uh, you know, Eagles, they, I mean, they got some defense, of course. They got some, they have uh, Michael Bennett, of course. Uh, they have Chris Long. Uh, but, I, no, no. I, I got to go, I got to go with the Saints here. It's a smart pick. I just like the Saints on both sides of the ball. Even Eli Apple on the secondary, you know, he, I mean, he's played some ugly games and they can give up some, some points on that back end of the secondary. But, uh, just, just overall, I got to go with the Saints. Just got to do it. All right, y'all. So I'm going to take a quick break. Uh, when I come back, I'm going to be discussing, of course, we got college basketball on tap. I'm going to be going over last night's scores. And we're going to go over the top 25. going to talk about a few teams there. And then, of course, I'm going to go for the NBA. No real news to report of. So, of course, I'm going to go over last night's games. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, brief you guys up on the standings uh, at this point in the week. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. And like I said, I was going to get into this college hoops action. I'm going to go over some of these top 25 scores, starting with number nine, Virginia Tech. They got it done against their uh, conference rival, Georgia Tech. 52-49 to 49 is the score there. Ohio State, they lose a heartbreaker against their Big Ten rival, Rutgers. Uh, number 16, Ohio State goes down 61-64 to 64 in that one. We have another big upset. This one coming in the SEC, excuse me. Number 11, Auburn goes down to Ole Miss, 67-82. to 82. Let's break this one down. For Auburn, they have one they had a good a performance from their guard, Bryce Brown. He had 22, uh, 23 points, excuse me. But they only had one other score get more than t uh, more than 10 points. That was their wingman, their, their guard slash their uh, forward, Malik Dunbar. He had 11 points off the bench, so a tough night scoring for them. But I'm not too surprised. They don't score a whole lot of points again to begin with. We'll break that team down a little bit later in a subsequent episode, though. Uh, also, we got Ole Miss for Ole Miss. They had their star player. Uh, he he led all uh, all scores with 27 points. That was their guard, Terrence Davis. Uh, he had 27 points, 12 rebounds, and also two assists. They were also helped out by their forward, KJ Buffin, off the bench. He had 16 points and also four rebounds. Their guard, Devontae Schuler, also had 14 points. Uh, and another big score, though, uh, number 21, Marquette, was also able to hold on in another nail biter. Uh, this uh, this time it was to Creighton, but this time. The score was 106 to 104, so vastly different from that Ohio State game. Uh, let's break this one down. Uh, we got Marquette. 
Uh, they, they were led by their guard, Marcus Howard. I did uh, see this one only because Marcus Howard had a monster game, 53 points, 6 assists, 2 rebounds. I saw the highlights to this one. He was all over the place. He couldn't miss. He was also uh, helping out. Like I said, he had uh, 6 assists, so all over the place. Good game from him. I'll have to look at some more of his stats. I don't, I'm don't. i going to check to see if he's on that big board because at some point, if he's able to keep having games like this, because he's had some pretty decent games so far this season, some 20-point games so far this season, I'm going to see uh, where he's at and if he's going to move up on that draft board. They were also helped out by their forward, Joey Hauser. He has uh, 13 points and five rebounds. As for Clayton, uh, they were helped out by their guard, Tyshawn Alexander. He had 23 points and five rebounds. Uh, they also helped out that by... Ooh, they were also helped out by their other guard, excuse me, Davion Mintz. He had 21 points, two assists, and also two uh, two rebounds. And also their uh, forward, Martin Crampelge. He had 19 points and eight assists. Moving on, we got Houston uh, taking an taking L to Temple, uh, 69-73. to uh, Temple is the number 17 team in the nation, but I've talked about them couple different times they play a very weak schedule and i wasn't necessarily convinced on them being that great of a team so again i'm kind of not surprised by that simple loss i think there's more to come for them and they're going to drop because their strength of schedule is not that great so they're going to face the brunt of that loss in a couple days um we also got finally i'm sorry and finally we got tcu uh number 25 getting it done against i'm sorry number seven kansas getting it done against number 25 tcu 77 to 68 let's break this one down too as well uh for tcu uh they were led by their uh guards uh rj Nim nimhard he had 14 points and four assists they also led by their guard desmond bain he had 13 points four rebounds and also two assists they have five players with double digits but it was not enough for K for Kansas for the big time Kansas and the Jayhawks. Uh, they were led by their forward Diedrich Lawson, of course, as usual. He had 31 points and 14 is 14 rebounds, a double double, looking like a man out there amongst the boys. And then we got guard Gerald Vick. He had 12 points, four rebounds, and four assists. I do mention his name a lot too, but he is a factor in their wins. But moving on, let's get to this top 25. Yes, yes, sir. We have some uh, we have some new additions, and of course, we have some changes here. Uh, but let's get it started. We got number twenty-five TCU making their first appearance of the season. They are twelve and two so far this season. Uh, they are about I would say they're a pretty balanced team. Uh, they score about eighty point five, eighty and a half points a game, which is good enough for fifty-second in the nation. They also only allow sixty-six points in the nation, which is pretty solid. Uh, but that is good enough for fifty-seventh in the nation. So you can tell. They're a little bit balanced. They can do a little bit of both. They can score and they can defend. At number 24, we have St. John's out there in New York. They are 14-2. and two. At 23, we have Oklahoma at 12-3. and three. At 22, we have Indiana also at 12-3. and three. At number 21, we got Marquette. They're at 13-3. and three. We also heard about them getting that win last night. At number 20, we have Iowa State at 12-3, and three, looking to emerge in the Big 12. They had a big game, a big win uh, last weekend, a big upset win, so they're going to ride that momentum. At number 19, we have Buffalo, they're still in the mix in the top 25. I'm a little bit surprised about that with that strength of schedule, but they maintain a 14-1 record. And as far as Iowa State, they are 12-3. Uh, at number 18, we have Kentucky. They are at 11-3. They've taken a couple L's this season. I think they also took one last week and a significant win, uh, but they're still in the mix. 
Go figure. At number 17, we have Houston. They finally lost their first uh, first game of the season. I knew they would drop significantly. That strength of schedule, I would say. I would. I don't want to say the word horde, but it's not that great. Uh, moving on to number 16, we have Ohio State coming in at 12-3. and three. They are currently sixth in their own conference, though, at 2-2. Two and two. They are led by their, soft, their sophomore, uh, sophomore forward, excuse me, Caleb Wesson. He averages 17 points a game, 6.9 rebounds. Don't look for that conference record to get better. Michigan's really good. Michigan State is really good. Uh, there's some, and even Minnesota can probably take them if they're not paying attention. I do know that Nebraska's ranked as well, so it's going to be a hard conference for them. I don't think they stay in the top 25 for that much longer. That's just my call on it. I could be wrong. At number 15, we got NC State. They are 13-2. They've already had a couple of top 25 victories this year. So look for them to maintain their position as long as they can keep winning in their conference. At number 14, we have Mississippi State. 12 and 2. At number 13, we have Florida State at 13 and 2. They also had a good win uh, last night against Miami, 68 to 62. At number 11, we have Auburn. They took that loss last night to, um, excuse me, they took that loss uh, last night to Ole Miss. That's going to drop them off because Ole Miss is not even ranked. So look for them to be removed out the rankings in my, well, at least drop, at least to, I would say 17 or 16, probably where Houston's at. But that was a that was a trashy loss for Auburn. They don't deserve to be in the top uh, that high anymore. At number 10, we have Nevada, 15 and one. Uh, they did take an ugly loss, but of course they're 15 and one. I thought they would drop a little bit further, probably to 14. Uh, they did lose to an unranked team again, just like uh, just like your boys there at Auburn. So I'm not a fan of unranked losses, especially to higher ranked teams, because when I see that, I start to think that that higher ranked team has played a weak schedule. So I think they should get dropped down a few more places. But that's me. At number nine, we have Virginia Tech. Uh, they are 14 and one looking solid in the, in the ACC right now. I would need to see them against Virginia, though. That's going to be their challenge. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a good rivalry, basketball rivalry. That's a that's a low key good basketball rivalry right now. At number eight we have Texas Tech. They are at fourteen and one. At Kansas, at, I'm sorry. At number seven we have Kansas. They stand at thirteen and two. At number six I mentioned them just a minute ago. Uh, in terms of Ohio State, here we have Michigan State. Like I said, fourteen and two. They are at least I believe they're second in the Big Ten right now, right behind Michigan. Uh, but we'll get to Michigan in a second. At three, I'm uh, sorry. At, uh, at five, we have Gonzaga at 14-2. At four, we have Virginia, who is 14-0, still undefeated. They need to get deeper in ACC play. I want to see them versus uh, – I want to see them play off against uh, North Carolina State. That would be a good game. That should be a good game coming up. At number three, we have Tennessee. Uh, they're still in the top the top two or three. They are 13-1. and one. They're looking really good coming out of the SEC East right now. At number two, we have Michigan. Um, Representing the Big Ten, of course, they are still 15-0 and 0 with that 60 points a game scoring. About 65 points a game, and they still number two in the nation. They still winning in their conference right now. That's amazing. But that's because their defense only averages about like 50 points. So there you go. And at number one, of course, the team that's been there for the longest uh, since, I want to say, Mm, November, December, or about late December, maybe even mid-December, uh, Duke, we got 13-1. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. We're going to get right, uh, we're going to wrap this up for college basketball for now. Uh, let's get into this NBA stuff. Uh, let's get into the scores from last night. Uh, we're going to start off with the Sixers getting it done against the, the Wizards, excuse me, 
106 to 123. We got the Pacers losing to the Celtics 108 to 135. Let's break this one down. Uh, as far as the Pacers are concerned, they were led by DeMontis Sabonis, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Victor Oladipo also had 17 points and 3 assists. For the Celtics, they were led by Jalen Brown. He had 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. Marcus Morris, he had 22 points, 8 rebounds, and also 2 assists. And finally, Jason Tatum helped out, did his thing with 20 points and 4 rebounds. And it looks like since their team meeting, uh, the Celtics have been stepping that game up. They're looking... They want to challenge in that East, and they should. There's no LeBron James there. There's no excuse for them to not challenge. So, you know, they get a win, but that's what they were supposed to do. I was supposed to win. So, moving on, uh, we got the Hawks losing to the ne uh, to the Nets. Excuse me. Uh, one. 100 and to 117 is the score there. We got the Bucks getting it done against the Rockets, 116 to 109. I saw an article talking about how the Bucks uh, beat the Rockets and how they, you know, trying to, you know, detail how they did it. Like it was so important. The Blazers beat them last week too. Nobody was trying to pat them on the back. Fuck the Bucks. They not that raw. Stop trying to crown somebody. NBA media. At one. Uh, we got another score here. We got the Cavs, of course, losing again, this time to the Pelicans, 120, 124 to 140. At least they scored a lot of points. Uh, we got the Spurs. Uh, they lost to the Grizzlies, 86 to 96. We got the Suns uh, coming up short against the Mavs, uh, 94 to 104. Let's break this one down. The Suns, they were led by T.J. Warren. Their small forward had 20 points to 7 rebounds. Josh Jackson had uh, 17 points, excuse me, 6 assists, and also three, uh, six, uh, sorry, 3 assists and 6 rebounds. For the Mavericks, they were led by Luka Doncic. The rookie had 30 points, 6, uh, six rebounds, and also 5 assists. Harrison Barnes of Warriors fame, he had 17 points. Four rebounds and also three assists. Moving on, we got the Magic losing to the Jazz, 93 to 106. The Blazers got it done against the Bulls. That was an easy one, 124 to 112. And then finally, we got the Lakers getting it done against the Pistons. Uh, Pistons, whoo, the Pistons, 113 to 111. We're gonna break this one down as well. For the Blakers, they were uh, for the Blakers. Oh my God. I'm all over the place. For the Pistons, they were led by Blake Griffin. He had 16 points and 6 assists. Uh, Reggie Jackson had 15 points and 5 assists. And Langston Galloway, had, uh, he had 15 points and three, uh, 3 rebounds off the bench. You know, not too much of a, not a bad performance from these guys, but... Let's move on to the Lakers. Uh, their highest score, uh, their highest score was Kyle Kuzma. He led all scores with 41 points. So there you go. That's your game breaker, pretty much. Michael Beasley had 19 points, four, uh, four rebounds, and also two assists off the bench. As far as uh, other scores, we got KCP, uh, aka Kentavious Caldwell Pope, getting 15 points, six rebounds, and four assists. Uh, again, for the Lakers, they move on to 23 and 19. They're still trying to challenge without LeBron. Uh, for the Pistons, they are now 17 and 27. They look to be outside the mix. But let's get into these standards real quick before I let you guys go. Uh, for the Eastern Conference, uh, the Bucks are back on top for now. They are at 20, uh, 29 and 11. At two, of course, we have the Raptors at 31 and 12. At number three, we have the Pacers, uh, the Pacers at 27 and 14. Next 
Next up, we got the Sixers at 27 and 15. At the fifth seed, we got the Celtics. They are at 25 and 15. At number six, we got the Nets at 21 and 22. At seven, we have the Heat at 19 and 20. And at eight, we have the Hornets at 19 and 21. And moving on to the Western Conference, the better conference at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, we got the Nuggets at 27 and 12. Uh, we got the Warriors at number two. They are at 27 and 14. At three, we have the Thunder at 25 and 15. At four, we have the Blazers at 24 and 16. At five, we got these Blazers, my Blazers, 25 to 17. Woo -woo. And at six, we have the Rockets, 23 and 17. And at bringing up the rear, we got this, the uh, Spurs and the Lakers. Um, they are at both 23 and 19. All right, y'all, so we're going to call this a wrap for today. Uh, my next episode, I wanted to get into another well, a little part two of this R. Kelly situation. Uh, this time, I wanted to focus more on the aftermath and, of course, the fallout from everything and where everybody's opinion seems to be at or what I seem to be seeing through that. Uh, of course, uh, we're going to go uh, We're gonna go over some top 25 action for college hoops. Uh, I'm not going to get into scores every night, but uh, I at least for college basketball, I will, because uh, there's not a whole lot of news to go around, but not so much for the NBA. I will be going mostly through news uh, news stories uh, to more, well, my next episode. I'll try. I mean, um, yeah, I, I don't want to bog. I don't want to bog you guys down with too many uh, scores and stats. So I'll keep this the the. I'll keep these scores and the you know the stat updates more so to college basketball. I'll do a lot more news stories for uh for the for perpetual for for the NBA. So don't worry so much about, you know, some scores and stats, all that all the time anymore for as much for the NBA. But let's I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting you guys some more content, some more stuff to talk about there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find some news to talk about there. And um, of course same thing with the NFL, since there's not a lot of scores scoring to talk about anyways, there's not a regular season going on. So I'll leave the stats and stuff for this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the games. We'll give you guys a game recap. But over the week, uh, the next couple of days this week, I'll just just update you guys on what the news is going on. So in the NFL. So uh, my next episode, like I said, we're going to do some R. Kelly part two and then just some news updates. And then uh, I'll get into the scores and stats in terms of college basketball. We'll get into that still. But um, yeah, for now, we're going to call it a wrap. Y'all hope y'all have a good day. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, once again, thank you for taking a, uh, taking a chance to listen to me. And I hope y'all have a good day. One love. Peace out.